0: Psalm 119, verse 121 down to verse 128. I have done judgment and justice. Leave me not to mine oppressors. Be surety for thy servant for good. Let not the proud oppress me. Mine eyes fail for thy salvation and for the word of thy righteousness. Deal with thy servant according unto thy mercy, and teach me thy statutes. I am thy servant. Give me understanding that I may know thy testimonies. It is time for thee, Lord, to work, for they have made void thy law. Therefore I love thy commandments above gold, yea, above fine gold. Therefore I esteem all thy precepts, Concerning all things to be right. And I hate every false way. I especially point out the verse 123. In this section of Psalm 119. Mine eyes fail for thy salvation. And for the word of thy righteousness. Righteousness. The 16th Hebrew letter is Ayin. That's not the right pronunciation of it. It's difficult to pronounce, and I'm certainly not pronouncing it right. But the pronunciation is not important for us. It is its meaning. And the word that describes this letter means I. I gate. The name actually occurs. As the first word in that verse that we read, verse 123, mine eyes fail for thy salvation. So let's treat this as the key verse. And let us assume that David is going into this section, into this room, thinking about the eyes of his soul. Mine eyes He's not thinking of his physical eye so much when he says this. He's thinking about the eye of his heart. Now in the Psalms, there are frequent references to the eyes. I counted about 50. And there are times in this altar when David reflects on the eyes of God. And sometimes this word is referring to God, God's eyes. And God has eyes. Because he sees everything. There's no one has eyes like God. He sees all. And David particularly when he is reflecting on. God's care for his people. Thinks about the eyes of God. Behold the eye of the Lord. Is upon them that fear him. He's watching over them. The eyes of the Lord. Are upon their righteous. And his ears too. They are opened unto his cry. God's people have the eyes of God and the ears of God toward them. The bulk of the references, however, to eyes in the Psalms are to the eyes of men. And very often, perhaps most often, to his own eyes, the psalmist's own eyes. mine eyes. And in this section that is where the emphasis is. And I would underline the pronoun. Mine eyes. He's thinking about his own eyes. And in fact, in this psalm, six times David uses this expression. Mine eyes. Mine eyes. So he's always thinking about his own eyes. And six times he, he refers to them in this psalm, and once in this section that we're in now. So clearly, his eyes are something that are very important to him, and that he wants to guard. He wants to protect them. He wants to use them to the glory of God, and to the best of his his spiritual improvement, his eyes. And the spiritual eyes of a believer are very special. Because you know it was one of the first places where God worked in us. He opened our eyes. He made us to see. Believers can say, I once was blind. But now I see. So being born again, being converted, means you can see. However, we need to look after our spiritual eyes. We need to guard them and protect them. We look after our physical eyes, don't we? We go to the opticians regularly, get things checked up to see how things are going. We don't want to go blind. If we see signs of infection in the eyes, we're off quickly to the doctor. We know how dangerous that can be. If vision becomes blurred or something strange happens, we don't delay, but we get to the optician or to the doctor straight away. We need those eyes to see with, and we don't want to be without our physical vision. But our spiritual eyesight is far more important, far more valuable, and something that we should be far more concerned about. The eyes of our soul. The blind man said that I might see. He was concerned about his eyes. And the child of God ought to be saying mine eyes, that I might continue to see, that I might always see clearly. Were not the eyes largely the problem of the latest same church that we read of in the book of the Revelation? Didn't they have an eye problem? Wasn't blindness their chief defect? Yes, they were lukewarm. We know all of that. But it was because their spiritual vision had been dim. They couldn't see clearly. They said, I'm rich, I'm increased with goods, I have need of nothing. That's what they thought they saw. But they were wrong. They saw incorrectly. They were blind to their true spiritual condition. They didn't know that they were really miserable and naked and poor and blind, the Lord says. Yes, he uses the very word, you're blind. And one of the things that he said to them was that they needed his eye salve. That they may see. They weren't concerned enough about their eyes. They didn't pray about mine eyes. That's something that's very important. They didn't go to the spiritual optician. They didn't get the needed eye salve that their eyes might be purified and cleansed and healed by the Lord. But in this room that we're in this morning, David has no need for the eye self. He's seen clearly. He's seen as one who is spiritually healthy. He is looking at the right things and he is seeing the right things very clearly. My eyes feel for thy salvation. He's looking in the right place. He's looking at the right thing while he's in this room. But it has not always been the case with David to be looking at the right thing and to be seen clearly. There are times in his walk with God when his spiritual vision was most unhealthy. We have in our studies in this psalm Seeing how David cares for his spiritual vision. Every day we need to say, Mine eyes. You will notice in verse 18, where he first refers to this matter, verse 18, Open thou mine eyes, that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. David prayed at the start. For the opening of his eyes. You see having spiritual vision. Does not mean that it is perfect. Spiritual vision. Even those who see. Have to see better. And can see more clearly. And David says unveil. Literally it is unveil. Uncover my eyes. There is something over them Lord. There is something that is just blurring the vision. Remove it. And there are things that blur our vision. And we have to be concerned about those things. They will affect our walk with God. Open thou mine eyes. Unveil and cover mine eyes, Lord. David wants to see better. Because we can see does not mean that we will always be able to see clearly. Things can get into our eyes. Things can block our view. We don't see those truths of God's word as vividly as we like. And sometimes we see them very poorly indeed. And we have to say, Lord, there's something covering my eyes. What is it, Lord? More importantly, take it away. Take it away. So David wants to see better. What is it that he wants to see better? The word. Open thou mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy word. He wants to see the wondrous things in the word better. And there's nothing more in the word more wonderful than the Lord Jesus Christ. He wants to see the Lord better. Uncover mine eyes, Lord, that I'll see the wonder of your person and the glory of your salvation. I don't see these truths as vividly as I would like. These truths aren't making their way down deep into my heart the way that they ought. Therefore, Lord, I'm not seeing them the way that I should. Uncover mine eyes. This is his first prayer about his eyes. And so the prayer of verse 18 is needed. A long time before he gets down to the 16th room, he's praying about the uncovering of his eyes. Before he gets to the stage where he says my eyes now are feeling for your salvation a long time before that he prayed open my eyes. So that's where we have to begin. And then in verse 37 David prays about his eyes again. Turn away my eyes from beholding vanity. Here's something else. Blurry eyes isn't always a problem. Covered eyes isn't always a difficulty. Obstruction, dust and beams in them isn't always the matter that is the most dangerous. Sometimes they're just simply looking in the wrong place. And that can be worse. He doesn't want his eyes looking in the wrong place. Turn away mine eyes. Misplaced vision is dangerous. When you get your eyes off the Lord, it's a sad fact that the eyes of many of the saints of God are on things much below God. Let's just put it like that. They're looking at things that are far less important than the Lord. Far less important than the truths of God's word. Putting their eyes on vain things. Turn away mine eyes from staring and looking at vanity. We get our eyes on that very often which does us very little spiritual good. And sometimes may even do us great spiritual harm. We may even gaze on that which is positively sinful and wicked. And David says, oh no Lord, turn away mine eyes from that eye gate must be guarded from that. And so David prays this and this prayer is essential. It's essential in a close walk with God. Lord don't let my eyes get fixed on, on the vain on the frivolous. Oh turn away my eyes from even looking at wickedness. It's a good prayer. It's an important prayer. Turning. Turn my eyes. You know, that implies repentance, doesn't it? There's repentance here. David realized he has been looking at that, So there's a spirit of repentance. Turn, Lord. It's not right. When God turns our eyes, and when we pray that he will turn our eyes, it must be done with a truly repentant heart. We must be sorry. Of course, this turning implies also the need for cleansing. Because if he'd be looking at that which is vanity and he repents about the matter and turns from it and asks God to turn him from it, he realizes that those eyes have also become defiled, the And they have to be washed. They have to be washed, brothers and sisters. They have to be cleansed and purified in the blood of Jesus Christ. And we thank God there is cleansing A fountain open for cleansing. Even for our eyes. So we must seek that the Lord will wash them. And that he will anoint them with his grace. So let us ask this morning. How is it with our spiritual vision? Let us ask ourselves. Are we seeing the Lord? As we ought. Let us ask ourselves, what is it that we are looking at? Gazing upon? Have we gotten our eyes off Christ? Have we allowed our vision to be obscured? Is there dust in your spiritual eye today? Has dirt got in? Have we even a large beam in our eye? And are critical of others who have just got dust in their eyes? Oh, sometimes we have a great concern about the eyes of others, don't we? And we want to help them out. You'll never see that in this psalm. David never says their eyes. It's all us, mine eyes, mine eyes. Why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, the Savior said? And you don't even consider the big log. The big timber beam that holds up the roof. You don't even consider that in your own eye. And what you say to your brother, let me pull out the, the little, you know, the little thorn you get in your finger. You've been handling wood and you get this, I'm forgetting the right word for it. You get this in your finger. And you get that in your eye, undoubtedly it's very painful, but you want to pull the moot, but it's just a little thing compared to a beam. Behold a beam. You've got a beam in your own eye. Oh, the Lord put it bluntly. Thou hypocrite. First cast out oh. the beam from your own eye, and then shall thou clearly see To help your brother. And cast out the little speck. Out of his. So our own eyes this morning is the theme. Mine eyes. Unblock mine eyes. Congregation there are things that will blind you. Very seriously blind you. Anger and bitterness of soul will blind you. A spirit of revenge will blind you. Self-centeredness and self-pitying and wrapped all up with your own sorrows will blind you. There's plenty of things on TV and YouTube and all of this and that and the other and all it is going to do is just blind you. We need to spend our time looking at the Lord. Looking at the truth, looking at the righteousness of the word and the salvation in the word. There are things that will warp your vision, twist your line of sight, harm your spiritual scene. That will make us lose our sight of the Lord. You see, we have to keep looking on to Jesus. It is difficult then if sin gets in and uncleanness through I-Gate and we're looking at vanity. Sin is dangerous to your spiritual vision congregation. We have the testimony of God's word concerning that. You remember Reckon? I saw, he said. I saw among the spoils dear things that my soul was drawn to. I coveted them and he was destroyed. And you remember David? In the evening tide, he arose and he just dandered out onto his roof and he saw a woman bathing. And we know the story. Remember Samson? Have he lost his eyesight at the hand of the Philistines? Philistines are a type of the warfare that never ends against the flesh, and you can never let your guard down. And finally, had us at their hands, he lost his eyesight. They knew what to put out of his body, his eyesight. Peter is also another good illustration, is he not, of the dangers of Allowing your view of Jesus to be interrupted. He was walking on the water. Imagine that. Walking on the water. He was making progress over the deep. He was traversing over the mighty waves. He wasn't sinking at the start. As he stepped out and upon the waters and made progress. Looking onto Jesus. He surpassed it all. All the difficulties as he kept looking onto Jesus. But he stopped. And he allowed his gaze to be diverted. His eyes turned aside from looking onto Jesus. He looked onto the windy storm and the commotion and the waves. And I'm sure his agate got quite a shock. When he lost his glimpse of the Lord. He lost focus. He focused on the surroundings. He was distracted. And his walk ceased. Not only did his walk cease. He sunk deeply. Into the waters below. All because he took his eyes off Jesus. Our walk ceases. Our walk becomes Unchristlike. Remember, he's still walking on the sea, he's walking there safely even in the midst of the storm. But our walk becomes unchristlike and a sinking walk when we cease looking on to Jesus and look on to something else. And the devil presents many things for us to look on to. You may be looking on to a brother. You may be looking on to the church and it discourages you. You may be looking on to problems in your life. That really are causing you to fixate your gaze upon them. It may be even a sin, a lust, a forbidden thing, a covetous thing. If you're sinking, if you have ceased walking, it sure is is that you have ceased looking on to Jesus. And the only remedy is to come afresh to Christ for cleansing. And there is cleansing for us through the blood of the Lamb. Bless God, people of God, there is a purification for your stained eyes. Oh, may the Lord wash our eyes. May he anoint them with his Holy Spirit, his eyes off. Oh, there's cleansing for you. There's cleansing for you in the blood of Christ. So don't be discouraged. Don't give up. Just say, Lord, open them, uncover them, and turn them away from beholding this vanity. Turn them on to Jesus and help me to look full in your marvellous states. You remember the blind man? He was born blind. A very rare defect. Most blindness is caused by infection or injury after birth. But here's a man who is born because he has no eyes. Or the canal between the eyes and the brain is utterly devastated. Hasn't grown, hasn't been there This man doesn't just need healed. He needs a work of creation. He needs new eyes. That's why the Lord picked him that day. There were plenty of blind men about. As well as others who had problems looking money. But he was born blind. Born blind. The Lord did a creative work. He went to the dust. From which man was created he spelt. he made him eyes put them in his head but he had to go to the pool of Siloam and wash he had to make that trip in the darkness he had to make the effort he had to want to see the Lord won't open your eyes if you don't want to see if you don't want your eyes turned from being things, he won't turn them you have to want it he has to make a walk. He has to make a walk to the fountain. He makes a walk to the fountain and he washes in the fountain and according to the promise of Jesus he comes away seeing. And say, so look God, you have to want to have your eyes clean. And you want, to want your eyes to be turned. And you have to want to come to the fountain to have them cleansed and purified and anointed with the mighty Holy Spirit's grace. And so let us pray that the Lord will open our eyes and turn them on to him. And having got his eyes right in verse 18 and verse 37, having been to the heavenly optician in that regard, he is now equipped to use them right. He is now equipped to pray about better things concerning those eyes. But that's where we have to start, brethren and sisters. We have to start with them being cleansed, being washed, being purified, and repentant eyes, turning away. And then we begin to meet other things. And the first thing we meet is verse 82. Mine eyes fail for thy word, saying, When wilt thou comfort me? And then in our text this morning, which we haven't even begun to develop, verse 123, mine eyes fail for thy salvation and for the word of thy righteousness. He has his eyes now focused and fixed and even wearying, looking at the right thing, God's word and God's salvation. But the important thing, brethren and sisters, is purify daily your eyes. And daily ask the Holy Spirit's grace to be on your spiritual vision. Daily wash in the fountain. And as you wash, don't forget to give those eyes the washing that they need in the blood of the Lamb. Let us pray.